0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Label 1976 podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Happy first Thursday of December. Tis the season to be froggy. I say froggy because it seems like uh, it's it's turning into spring in Georgia for some reason. I don't think that's good. But I'm still gonna roll with it. It does, man. It was like, I want to say the last three days, it's been about 32 degrees Early in the morning, and then like today is supposed to be 72 degrees outside in December, and then it's supposed to be raining later or later in the week, or yeah, later in the, this weekend, or something like that. I don't know what's going on. I know climate change is real, but you know, on some other level, I feel like you know, get all your ducks in a row and make sure everything is signed <laughs> because this is just weird, it's unheard of in December. I thought it was gonna be some snow, some sleet, some. Black ice, not that I'm wishing for black ice on the highway, but you guys that are from down here, you know what I mean. At any rate, if you're not from Georgia, then look it up because this is just not, it's not typical for Georgia, which I know all over the planet, we're having different um, temperatures everywhere. I'm not going to make this whole episode about weather. I'm not. I'm not going to show my age on that because I don't know when my conversation started off with weather. I think I spoke about that before in another episode that your kind of, everything has just been changing here lately with big mama at any rate how you guys doing i hope you're doing well this whole uh season has just gone by so fast thanksgiving was like yesterday and now it's about to be christmas in like 23 days which is just weird but i hope that everyone is thankful for what they have thankful for what they possibly could get because i'm all about gifts and giving like i'm a great gift giver you don't even have to tell me like what you want it more so is like what i feel like you need because i'm a fixer upper type of person i don't know when i became that well yeah i've always been that but i know i don't know when i became it but i'm a fixer up kind of person like i can tell you i can make your whole outfit i can tell you what would look great i can tell you how to attract whatever you're trying to attract i can so usually i give great gifts i everybody always it's certain items everybody always needs like you always need and don't turn away now i can't i try a lot to stray away from uh personal effects personal items i'm not going to get you a bucket of draws you know but i'll give you some socks you know i'm all about you know definitely being grateful being thankful that i'm here another day uh thankful for everybody in my life thankful th- for those things but i still am very much um I'm not turning away no gifts, if you catch my, my drift. I'm not. I'm a gift person. I am. It doesn't mean, it doesn't show how much you care about me, depending on what kind of gift I get. But it does say if you listen to me correctly or I leave, I leave like hints. I have an Amazon account with like hella bookmarks, um, things already in my basket, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there will never be a time where you come to me and you ask me what I want and I don't have like something to, you know, go ahead and give to you. I call it like a Microsoft uh, Word document, if you will. I just add to it just some little things that I see in my downtime, things of that nature. You know, when you go to Home Goods, you know things might change. I didn't know. I didn't know I needed a whole new pot set. I didn't know that I would like that that new um, set of glasses. I didn't know that I needed all these matching pajamas. Just little whatever's. You know, I just you know, and those aren't needs. They're wants, even though I'll be like, I need it. I didn't even go into the jewelry in the mall area stuff because that's uh, on a need-to-know basis. But I will take anything even down to a Christmas card because it is the thought that counts ultimately unless we're together and you think that you're going to get me a Christmas card. At any rate, moving forward, these are jokes, people. I'm being facetious. That's all. Just being facetious. Shh. Those that know, no. Those that don't, you probably don't want to know. <laughs> and, that's, and that's fine too. This year, honestly, though, there is this food pantry that's downtown that I think I'm going to donate a lot of my time to these next few weekends. And that would be my way of giving back. Um, and it makes me feel good. It really is a good feeling. And like these food pantries around here, Publix, Kroger, Walmart, and all these different uh, grocery stores, they give to this different church, these different churches, to donate to the food pantry. Anything extra, they're over their inventory type of thing. So it's pretty like a, it's a good thing. After everyone's been served and everyone has, there, it's like a list that the, the facilitator gives you at the beginning of the actual passing out of the food. So it'll tell you like if a family is a family of four, it'll tell you that they're wanting dark chicken or white chicken or this type of side or this type of bread or if they have any allergies and things like that so after everything is said and done after after everybody is served then whatever is left over, the facilitator of the church or, or just of the food pantry will let you guys know, let all the volunteers know that they can go through and just pick whatever's left because whatever isn't taken, they throw it out. Saying so all this food is not, it's not uh, open. It really is just like overstock from those stores that give. Um, I don't go for the free-like the free like food, but you'll see people in the beginning of it. Like, we're all volunteers. You'll see people in the beginning of it before we even, before they even serve the people, like the homeless around the area, they'll already be, have their eyes on what they're going to take. And I just look, I just look and just, in God's house. You're going to do that in God's house for real? Really? But yeah, honey, it's just, uh, oh, the ghetto. But um, sometimes... <laughs> And I hate thinking that way, but that's real. Like, come on. But hey, I don't know. You don't say, you know, I'm not doing it to get something back. You do it because it's like some it's, it's something great to do. But a lot of people go and do it for different reasons, I guess. But hey, you got to get it how you live these days. Food has really gone up. I'm just going grocery shopping the other day. And a lot of that stuff has really gone up like a lot, like $2 more on, on certain things. So that's just that on that. Next, I'm going to go into my things you possibly perhaps did not know. Now, on this one, I chose to go into um, this topic. Well, this topic for this is because I watched this movie on Netflix called Passing. And actually, it's a um, it actually is a book as well. So, So it was pretty much the movie adaptation of the book. But Passing is about um, how black women back in the day, probably even before the 1920s, a lot of uh, fair-skinned black women could pass for white, for European. So in the movie, it just basically goes into all the different uh, nuances of life that these women lived in plain sight, pretty much. I actually have someone very close to me that's racially ambiguous. And racial racially ambiguous just means that you can't tell what they are off top. Now, when I first met her, I knew that she wasn't um Caucasian. But a lot of people think that she's Caucasian and she gets that a lot. But she tells me all the time that no Caucasians know that I'm not Caucasian. And African American people know me black people know when you're not black. They know when you're not straight up black. They know you you got some you, honey, she got some minna. So these are five people that pass for Caucasian in the 1900s, and there are five uh, actresses and actors. So the first one, and I'm going to also put this in my summary so that you can uh, look these people up, and some of them you can tell, some of them you can't tell at all. So the first one, her actual name, Freddie Washington. And Freddie Washington, she was actually uh, active. uh, Well, no, she was active. Well, she passed in 1994. She was born in 1903. But she was actually in the uh, 1934 movie, Imitation of Life, She was the light-skinned black woman who denied her black mother to cross the color line posing as white. So she's the daughter that was just, um, that the black maid had given up everything for so her daughter could live this life. This is one of the saddest movies I've ever seen. It's it's like one of those movies you can only watch once. Now, some people want to watch it every year or every five years to be like, Oh, I don't watch movies that make me cry, that I just want to cry and be like, How could you? How dare you? But the movie is like gut-wrenching to me. But the woman in it, uh, the fair-skinned black woman in it, she looks white to me. And you only know that she's black. Well, I knew she was black because her hair. But then you know she's black because the whole point of the movie is because she's black. But yeah, she passed for white. In real life, she refused to deny her heritage, though she advocated for blacks in entertainment. She married for a time. She was married for a time to trombonist Lawrence Brown. It's reported that the only time she used her passing. As white was to buy snacks for um, her husband and his bandmates from establishments that refused to serve uh, her husband them based on their skin color. Number two is Meryl Obron. Uh, She actually won an Oscar nod for acting in 1935's The Dark Angel and she earned additional recognition for playing Kathy in 1939's Weathering Heights. But off screen, Obron feared that her secrets would be exposed that she wasn't solely white nor was she born in Tasmania. Uh, like she initially told people. Uh, actually, she instead was born in India to an Indian mother and a Anglo father. Rather than disown her mother, she passed her parent off as a servant. When the actress visited Tasmania later in life, the press hounded her for details about her upbringing, and they basically forced her to admit that she wasn't born there. She still didn't confess to being Indian. So then in 2002, they did a documentary about the trouble with Merle, and it examines uh, Oberon's deceit about her origins. Now that would be, as Tony Baker say, a cold piece to pass your mother off as a servant because you don't want to say that you are mixed. But back then, back in the day like that, I don't know. She might have could you know she might have been caused bodily harm for lying. So who's to say? You know, choose your poison. And I guess she chose to not say anything. Basically. Next we have uh, Broadway sensation Carol Channing. When she was 16, her mother let her in on a little secret. Channing's paternal grandmother was black. Now Channing actually played it really smart, in my opinion, because she didn't reveal her African-American ancestry to the world until 2002. And then when she released her memoir, it was called Just Lucky, I guess, at the age of 81. And Channing said she never felt ashamed of her black roots. Rather, she believed her black ancestry made her a good performer because of the common stereotype about blacks being naturals at Naturals at singing and dancing, and she said, "I thought I had the greatest genes in in showbiz." Shannon remembered, she was winning. To me, she was winning because it seems like she was a smart ass, and she's just like food everybody all the way to the end. Lived her whole life, her whole best white life, and then at the end of it, she put a big middle finger to everybody. Um and she actually went on to win accolades for her performances in Hello Dolly and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. She was the ultimate man, for real. Because really back then it seems like it was about using what you have to get what you want and that's what I mean in the in the in the space of she was winning with it. Because you can be right under somebody's nose. She wasn't ashamed of it. She's just basically like, I'm not going to say anything in fear of being ostracized. Because let's face it, some people that live that life like that passing for some, everybody's not trying to be a human right activist, right? Or civil right leader, because that's not your, that's not your purpose in life. That may not have been her purpose to stand up and be that person type of thing so she's not going to tell you because she knows she's going to be ostracized so just using it and then all the way to the end to say that oh well and guess what on top of all that brilliantness i'm black okay and next we have a male his name was john gavin he was born john anthony ganor actually he was born i'm sorry john anthony Gonor pablos in los angeles so he was irish and mexican ancestry and he spoke fluent spanish so He played half Mexican and played characters of various ethnic groups. He constantly played white characters through his tenure as well in Hollywood. He was a leading man in roles from the 1960 film Psycho and he played in Spartacus as well as uh, 1959's Imitation of Life remake of the one from 1934. So his mixed background in that movie, he never references that in his film despite his dark hair and dark skin. But in 1981, uh, his heritage resulted in uh, President Ronald Reagan appointing him the U.S. Ambassador to Mexico. So Gavin served as ambassador until 1986. So it looks like he won. I think mostly he won because he was a man back then. So it wasn't really a big deal that he was Spanish, it looks like, even though he he played white men in Hollywood uh, because of his dark hair. And I think a lot of those guys back then that had dark hair and the olive skin... They really were Spanish, but he's just the only one that made the list. So then, lastly, we have Raquel Welch. She was born in 1940, and Raquel actually looks Latin. So I don't know where the mix-up or why she's on this list, but she was born Jo Raquel Tadada. She was has a Bolivian father and an Anglo mother. She grew up in a house where her Latin ancestry was ignored, and she told she basically. Uh, told a lot of publications that it made her feel like something was wrong with being from Bolivia. It looks like when she arrived in Hollywood, film execs reportedly urged her to lighten her skin and her hair. She had to become white because that's what Hollywood knew how to sell. She later suffered from an identity crisis. She had no Latin friends, she said. So in 2005, she visited Bolivia to learn more about her heritage. In her golden years, Welch played Latino characters in various film and TV roles. Including uh, Gregory Nava series American Family. So yeah, that is the end of things you possibly perhaps didn't know. Hope you learned something because I sure did. I decided for today's episode to do another episode of Pet Peeves. Because now I have more of them. And I think that I wanted to do kind of like a fun episode where it's like an easy listen. Get a couple of laughs or maybe you could pretty much relate on different levels on these pet peeves I went into and pulled in some of my uh, friends different pet peeves and I think I got some actual good ones I think that um a lot of people will actually be able to relate to these numero uno so I have a few of these but I'm gonna I have a few of these on the same topic and I'm gonna try to break it up piece it up so number one pet peeve right now is people that talk loud on the phone with no earbuds on speakerphone in line it's like not about anything pertinent and then while they're doing it their kids are running amok so it'll just be like you're at the dmv you at kroger you're standing in self-checkout you're at Publix at self-checkout you wherever and you're in line and somebody has their phone on speakerphone and they're talking to, into it and the other person is answering them back and they're just like girl i don't know what i'm gonna do tonight i don't know what i'm gonna do tonight either i don't know <laughs> just like the whole situation and everybody can hear everything i don't i never really understand why people do it do you do it just because you can, or you do it because you're rude, or you do it because it's really no big deal and you can do what you want to do. Or, I never really, under I don't really understand it. Or, like, where are your earbuds? You guys have these million dollar iPhones, but you have these million dollar iPhones you ain't got no earbuds. Or you always losing them little earbuds that look like hearing aids. I don't get it. I don't know why you don't have no earbuds with these million dollar phones or why... Do you think that people want to hear the whole conversation? I don't really get it. And so then to put the kids on it while you're doing all that, your kids are running around just running running them up and staring at people and not saying nothing. So especially at the post office. Oh my goodness. At the post office, had this woman standing in front of me. She's speaking fluent Spanish in her phone, on speakerphone, no earbuds. Her little boy is standing there just looking at me, making faces, nose is running. He pulling out all the priority envelope mail, looking at him, tearing him up. She adding like none the wiser, like she don't see her child at all. He's just running amok while you're on your phone talking about what? Talking about what you're you going to cook? I don't get it. So then, again, got to go into it again. People that stare and don't speak to this day. I'm gonna put this one on here and leave it on here because this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a all the time thing. I mean, I, I just feel now, as long as there's bugs outside, there'll always be this. So I'm just gonna have to try to let that one go. People that just stare and don't say anything. And I think that it's even more so now because of nobody sees you anybody anymore we're, we're not outside like that anymore so you just try to be in everybody's face I guess I don't know number three people that lose their earbuds all the time hey mom lose them all the time no matter what and then you turn into the you turn into the person that is the person on the other end of the phone when you're in line talking on a phone on speakerphone That would be my mom probably all day, every day. I hate to throw you under the bus. I'm just saying. I'm like, ma, are you on speakerphone or you got your earbuds? I can't find them, girl. I can't find them nowhere. Then call me back when you get in the car and don't have your phone up to your ear while you're checking out, ma'am. Okay, next pet peeve. People that lose things in general all the time. Like, somebody, you can just be like, I just had them. I don't know what happened. Lose everything. Lose uh, their socks. Lose their drawers. Lose bras. Somebody stole it, girl. I know they stole it because they could fit it, and I saw them looking at it, girl. Lose uh, important pieces of paper. Freak out. And then, with a lot of these people, though, whenever I know they lose a lot of things, i probably just keep a, keep a copy of something for you because I know you're not going to find it when you actually need it because you probably left it bought a trash compactor or just somewhere it didn't belong kind of thing. People that lose everything in general. Okay. Oh, and then this is another, this is a newer one. Older people taking advantage and skipping in line. Just people that skip in line, period. Habitual line skippers. I was at Walgreens picking up a prescription the other day. And this older woman, I'm standing in line. In Walgreens, for some reason these days, well, not some reason, but these days they have a COVID vaccination line to the left and then they have like a pickup prescription line It'll be 15 people in the pickup prescription line and it's a huge sign that says there is one line There is no COVID and pickup line. There's one line So everybody standing in one line and we'll get to you You will have someone bypass all these 15 people that are standing here for their health and go up to the other window the COVID uh, vaccination line and just stand there and just stand there waiting and then start huffing and puffing and rolling their eyes and trying to get the person's attention and everything in the other line that's serving all these 15 people in this other line so then I have to be the good Samaritan and say ma'am there's one line oh thank you I'm sorry I'm sorry that kind of thing so I'm standing in line this one day in particular and I get up to the line I'm about to pick up this prescription like I was saying and this older woman She just walks up and stands right beside me, right beside me, like right beside me. Like we're in line together. I don't know you from Adam. Stands right beside me, but I'm like, she's older. I know she had to be like in her seventies, um, but black don't crack. So she looked like Island, Island Islandish Islander. And so I'm like, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. So I'm sitting there like, okay, I'm just going to see what happens. So the woman calls up the next person, which would be me. So when the woman calls to the next person, now the, the, the older woman beside me, she only got like some toys in her hand. So I wasn't tripping. I'm like, I'm going to let her have it. Cause that would be the good thing to do. So the person calls up the next person. She just scrolls her little self up to to the register. Like it was her turn. And I'm like, wow, this just happened. And this has happened. That was, that was the first time since then. I want to say that when I spoke to my friend about it, it's happened to her like three different times. I'm like, okay, so older people just out here taking advantage and skipping in line. You can read. Don't act like it. Don't don't do it. Next pet peeve, dirty women's restrooms. Now, this might be TMI, but I don't know if a lot of people know or not. But now this is not to say every restaurant, but more of them I'm seeing than not. Maybe they don't have people checking them all the time. But the ones I've been seeing lately, it's a mess. Women' restrooms are pretty, pretty nasty, pretty gross. I don't know what it's about going out to restaurants and just handling your whole number one, two, and three, ma'am. I don't know what's going on with that, but it's really, really rude. And when you go into the restroom, you can't even use I'm like, I am just walk out. I can't do it. I cannot do it because I don't want to be associated, and someone think that you came out of that stall, and because you're just in close proximity and you're standing in the bathroom waiting, or you're just getting out from the, from the stall where you did the number one, and you washing your hands, and somebody walk in on it, and they can't even come into the bathroom because then you're gonna look like the one that dropped all the loads, you know? It's just it's not good for anyone, and it's not ladylike. Like where are your manners? It's just gross. It's tissue all over the floor? is sanitary napkins everywhere it is just gross or you go into a stall after you have to you have to use the restroom really bad you got to wee wee real bad so you go into the stall and at right after someone comes out or you don't go into that stall because she just blew it up or you go into another stall and someone just came out because it's like a line after like an event and you go in there and there's no toilet tissue so did your nasty tail just come out of here and you didn't use any tissue or did you use the last of the tissue and you didn't want to say anything? Are you out here just dripping dry? So yeah, that's the uh, dirty women's restroom thing. Just for anybody that didn't know, I'm sure y'all you I know the women know. Y'all know. Okay, now I shift gears a little bit and go into the ones that some of my friends gave to me. So, number one was the communal refrigerator at work and people eat your food. So, I hear that's a huge thing. I hear that that's still happening. Since I work from home now, I don't really have to deal with that, but I do remember that happening. Like, people would really start labeling their food and their stuff would still be gone. So, yeah, I do remember that. If y'all are still going through that, my heart goes out. Another one, people sticking gum on plates or under tables. That's just nasty because when I think about it, if I go to a restaurant and I happen to uh, look down and tie my shoe or something or look over and get my purse from beside me or something, I see gum under it. It automatically just makes my stomach turn for some reason because then I don't feel like the restaurant is clean enough for me to eat at because if the table looks like this, that means they're not checking anything. You don't want to eat there anymore. So it was kind of just gross. And let's face it, everybody's not eating at five-star restaurants every single time they go out to where that wouldn't even be a thing, where they check it every single time. But they should be. The next one is people spitting loogies on the ground. Oh, God. Or people hawking up. And that was from one of my friends, but then that's also one of mine. Just people hawking up. I think I talked about this before people clearing their throat adding like they done clearing their throat you can tell so like a lot in their throat and a lot in their mouth and then they just swallow or something or they spit it out i don't know which one is worse it's just i don't know nasty as a whole the next one would be too much perfume or cologne Yeah, this one, it kind of bugs me if it stinks, if it's some funky perfume or cologne. But me, sometimes I like when people walk past me and they smell great and I compliment them on that. So I'm kind of in the middle there. But yeah, too much of anything is a bad thing. It just is. But I really don't get that a lot. And then also talking about how rude everybody's gotten. They are. I think I spoke about that before, like on a whole nother episode. People are like really rude right now. They are. Everybody's in their feelings. Everybody's in their bag and in their feelings and everybody is the Queen of Amanda right now. Everybody. <laughs> everybody is just doing the most right now. We are. I don't know what it is. I guess we're all just tired. Sick and tired. Another one. People that don't clean up after their dogs. Yes. Can't stand that one. Can't stand it. Or people that you see walking in your neighborhood. I don't see a bag. I don't see a bag in your hand. Don't see anything. You know. People that just let their dogs do whatever. Next one is <laughs> my friend stated uh, cutting wind in close proximity to others, to other people. That's really, really gross. That's really gross. Oh, yeah. Or coughing and sneezing in, in close proximity to others and not covering your mouth or anything. And then you don't have a mask on on top of doing all that. So tis what it is. Now, my next little section I want to go to in my pet peeves, and this is the last little section, is rudeness of the road. This one that I encounter almost every time that I drive. If I look in my rearview mirror and I see your headlight, and I, and I don't see your headlights, you're too close to me. Why are you riding my pony like that? Where is there to go? What? How much faster can we go? If I don't go, if I don't move, you can't move. What is that doing for you? I, I, I've, I've never gotten it. And then people wonder why people have road rage. Next one, yeah, people that sit through the light after it turns green. Then when you nudge your horn, they start going two miles per hour because they they mad at you now. You mad at me for reminding you that the light is green and that you're in a car and you're at a light. So then what they do is the la- <laughs> the lanes open up. Then they try to speed up so you won't come out of eye with them. If you were speeding up and paying attention before at the red at the green light, like it's red, we wouldn't be here ma'am sir then you got the person behind me blowing at me because the person in front of me sat through a green light it's just a nasty dirty cycle (laughs) it is truly just a nasty dirty cycle then i got my passenger telling me not to blow the horn because it's rude and i might get shot so see the whole thing is just a a messed up dirty cycle (sighs) and then i have to say well if i don't blow the horn how they know the light is green obviously they're on their phone they don't know the light is green so i gotta Remind people. Then, uh, okay, people that still don't have Bluetooth in their car, you're riding around with your 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 phone up to your ear still, and Georgia is a no, what is it, no hands law? No phone law? No carrier to phone law? Something like that. You know what I'm talking about. And lastly, people that don't use their blinkers. They are going like 55 miles per hour and then they slam on their brakes and make a right. That right there is just terrible. And that's not even on some somebody's following too closely type of thing. That's like, I can see you. I have already fell back and you didn't turn on your blinker. And then to go back a little bit further, I know everybody doesn't have Bluetooth in their phones. So I'm not trying to say, oh, if you ain't got Bluetooth, you need to get it because some cars, you know, back in the day didn't come to it. And if my I don't have a car note and my car ain't got no Bluetooth, I get it. I understand. But see, then that's where the earbuds will come in. It's 2021. Get your mama, get your grandmother, get your kids some earbuds so they won't have to be talking on the phone, holding the phone up to their ear while they're driving their vehicle. Everybody should have earbuds. They should. They only like, what, $6 a TJ Maxx at the counter? While you getting them candies and them gummy bears? Get them earbuds. Now, that is the end of my pet peeves. Hope you enjoyed that. I'm going to smooth on into my label 1976 music spotlight my music spotlight for the day is going to be Donnell Jones now if anyone knows music at all then you should know who Donnell Jones is he is one of my absolute favorites he is he's always been actually since way back in the day I would say I started listening to him not on his first album but the album that you know what's up was on so that would have been his second album uh, which the album title was "Where I Want to Be," and that was in 1999. So you know, "What's Up" came out. You know, Left Eye was on that one, if you know him at all. And actually, uh, this album blew up. It was a global hit. You know, "What's Up," the actual single, it peaked at the, in the top ten and charts in uh, Belgium. Republic of Ireland and the United Kingdom see overseas be known about R&B music before we do and I don't really I don't really understand how they do that but see they're more open over there overseas they love R&B music over there they do he was he remained uh, for two consecutive weeks on the charts after that and that's when Britney Spears Born to Make You Happy was actually on the charts as well and he was like right under her on that album and that album has some good stuff on it honey it had uh where i want to be shawty got her eyes on me the whole album i didn't have to skip anything on this album then on his third album called life goes on he released that in 2002 it debuted at number three on the billboard um 200 and at number three on the top uh, r&b hip-hop albums um it went gold and he got a it looks like he got an award from Recording Industry Association of America because he writes his stuff so he gets all these writers awards anyway three singles on that one called you know that I love you I think two other ones that album I'm not trying to skim over it but it wasn't like one of my favorite ones like my favorite album would have been album number two and number four The fourth album, which was Journey of a Gemini, that one right there had some bangers on it. Again, I didn't have to really skip anything on that one. And he actually collaborated with Tank on that. Sean Garrett, which is also a really good writer. Tank is a great writer. Um, Ryan Leslie as well. And this album was actually the highest charting album on the Billboard Top R&B and Hip Hop Albums chart. And it actually charted uh, at number one while uh, entering the top 20 on Billboard 200. And this was in 2006. So I urge you to get Journey of a Gemini. It was really good. I'm gonna put the link in the thing. I actually got a chance to meet him. I'm gonna say this is like in my 20s, my later 20s. He writes a lot. He wrote a lot for LaFace. People may not know that. And he wrote for Usher. He wrote a lot for Jacquees' album. And I think he has a little group now with, I'm gonna say him, Carl Thomas, David Hollister. So I think they have like a, a man group Kind of like a mm, older older man, sophisticated, suave. They grown now, they in They middle forties, you know, climbing up on fifty, and they ain't got time for the games. They all got wives, ain't got time for groupies and games. Everybody settled down, and I like that on them. That's a good look for them. Everybody has to grow up, amen, amen. Now, that concludes my show. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. My name is True Straub. Make sure you hit the follow button if you're listening to this. Make sure you go back and listen to the previous episodes. I'm a hoot. You might get a, you know, little hoot out of that. little laugh out of that. Hope you got a laugh out of this one. Remember to follow me on Spotify, Anchor FM, wherever you listen to your podcast. If you want to get in contact with me, you can email me at label nine seven six at gmail.com be sure to follow me on all platforms under true straw that's facebook and instagram and until next time please remember it's good to be loved but profound to be understood